Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Central Alchemy podcast experience. I'm here with my brother, Jaiman. He is a brother of mine. We met, we actually never met personally, but I've been following you for quite some time. Um, we have a lot of really dear, beautiful, um, mostly men, uh, epic friends in common. And I love what you're doing. I love the work that you're doing with people, helping them express themselves openly in this world. And, you know, I'll let you, I'll let you uh, introduce yourself in a second in more depth, but just want to say that I've been following you for quite some time. I'm really inspired by you as a man, um, the way you approach life, the way you approach a family and the beautiful life that you've built for yourself and the message that comes out of you. I think it's absolutely epic. Um, so I really wanted to have you here and speak whatever is um, present for us, mostly relationship, communication, building a family, things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, without further ado, I'll let you give a quick introductions for yourself so then we can dive in. All right, sounds good, beautiful brother. And thank you for that reflection. Uh, and I also feel similarly. And um, yeah, so I'm Jamin. I first and foremost am a dad of two beautiful young children, uh, five and three and a half years old. So I take my role of being a father as my most primary thing that I do on this planet. Um, and when I'm not doing that, then I also do other work. Um, and the biggest thing that I'm doing really is my movement um, that I'm creating in the world is something called the paragons of possibility. What I believe is that we have been given a narrative of this world that we have all just adopted without a lot of critical inquiry. And the more I look at the way things were taught to me, I, I'd scratch my head and say, why? That just sounds terrible and it leads to not so fun outcomes. And as I've continued my own journey of getting coached and expanding and learning of personal growth and professional growth, I've just learned, wow, things are completely different than what I thought they were. And so what I feel the world needs are these paragons or models of excellence, of, of possibility um, to show us what else is possible. And I think what you're doing um, you know, with, with your work with men is exactly that, is showing them what else is possible in sex and relating and all of this stuff, um, which I think is so beautiful. So I do that on three levels. One is I work at the individual level. I work with people you know, who are coaches or speakers, or they want to write their first book. I've written eight books. I've spoke on hundreds of stages all around the world, including TEDx and, and many others. Um, and then I also help them kind of create a coaching business so that they can go out there and show people what's possible through any media that they choose. The second level I do it is at the family level. And I work specifically with dads because dads are the lead. The men are the leads in relationship. Dads are the lead in the family. So they are the king of the kingdom. And so whether they're present or they're not, they're still setting the tone of how that family is gonna grow. Um, and I think it's really important that you understand conscious parenting, how to take care of themselves, how to be with their beloved. So I work deeply with dads. I run a, a yearly event called Dad Week. And then I run a, a weekly dads uh, kind of men's circle. And then the third level I do this is I work with people who are working at the systems level to create change on this planet, positive impact. So beyond social entrepreneurship, people who are really working in between entrepreneurship, government, private sector, um, all around the world, uh, Philippines, Malaysia, the USA. And I teach them power, influence, uh, personal resilience, leadership, and how to navigate kind of those more complex things to create really big change on the planet. So that is a full spectrum of all the work that I do. And I love it. And I'm so, so excited to, to be here and chat more about any of that. Man, I love 
I love everything about everything <laughs> you just talked about. I think that <laughs> mostly what came out to me um, in Shine was the overall um, paradigm that you see that needs to be changed, which is the way we like there is there is um, there is a premise to everything else that you're doing and all the levels that you work on, and which is there is how the structure of the world has been given to us the programs that are running our life, and then there is reality, which is quite different. And um, yeah, I, I see it a lot, you know, um, personally, in my own personal growth and in life, uh, seeking more freedom, freedom of uh, location, freedom of expression, freedom of sexuality, freedom of, of financial freedom, all the freedoms that I'm seeking, every stage that I go, I see how many bullshit paradigms I need to break of how I was raised, of how the culture is, of what people say on the internet and what people tell me that I should do and all that shit. And uh, yeah, I feel that there is always work to do it. I feel a pretty comfortable place in terms of like how, how little of fuck I give about how the culture is teaching me what should I do and how I was growing up. And I see it a lot, especially in relating in sexuality. And I was wondering also, what is your take on, uh, I want to focus specifically on your work with dads and the family. What are some of the main um, concepts or programs, societal programs that we were growing into and kind of like taking um, for granted? Um, and you see that need and should um, to, to see some change, to, to change in, in society. Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, what I would say is that our parents did their best, right? Um, but they were the main models of relating for us. And even though they did their best, they weren't as informed as we are today. They don't have Google, they don't have like Tony Robbins, they don't have all of these coaches and speakers and books and all this stuff. It didn't exist, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Um, and so they did their best at that time with what they had, but they were modeling what their parents modeled for them. And ultimately we will model what, what we saw. And we're also gonna model what we saw on TV. And TV is drama, right? So it's not actual real life, it is drama. But then we see that and we think that that's what life is and then we need to be doing that. And so what I have found, especially like in relating in terms of, okay, well, I need to have the one, I need to, um, you know, complete myself. I need to find my, my better half. You know, all of that is bullshit because ultimately we are all complete, whole, sovereign beings on our own. And when we can first love and connect to ourselves, whether that's relationally, whether that's even physically and sexually, right? When we can self-pleasure in a way that like we can turn ourselves on, then we can go from that place and share it with others in a conscious way. And we can elevate them to then share it with us. And the deeper we go into ourselves, the more we can give to each other. But when we have this thing where we're searching for a partner, searching for this, searching for sex, searching for whatever, because we feel some part of us is missing. Well, number one, that is what makes the whole economic machine work. We feel like we're missing something. So we need to go buy that outfit, buy that lipstick, buy that car, whatever it is. And so for me, it was a big shift to just understand that actually the most real important relationship that I will ever have in my life is with myself. And even though I've been with my beloved, we've been married for many years and we have children together, as much as I love her, it's important that I love myself even more. 
And from that place of loving myself, I can then love her even more. And that is what our journey has been in terms of relating is that we have entered into conscious relating with each other. And what that means is that we've taken away this idea of what's known as the relationship escalator, which means, what does it mean? Everyone kind of knows this general accepted idea of how a relationship is just like an escalator you get on and it just kind of goes here until you get off. Right, we go on a date, then we go on a second date, we kiss, maybe then we have sex, then we decide that we're gonna go study. We have an official boyfriend, girlfriend, or boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, whatever you know um, you're into. Then after a while, we maybe move in together, then we get engaged, then we get married, and we get the house, and we get the kids, then we get the, the car, and then we join the soccer club, and blah, you know, it's this fucked up idea. It's this limiting idea that in order to be successful, we need to get onto this escalator. And if someone can't meet us, we just say goodbye to them. And so the biggest shift for me around relating specifically has been saying goodbye to this idea of the relationship escalator, saying goodbye to this idea that my partner has to do all of this emotional labor for me just because we're in relationship. And instead I've shifted to how can I use relating as a way to connect and empower my own sovereign being, my own highest self, and through that grow my capacity to love myself and others even more, to accept myself and others even more. And I think when I've made that shift into this new narrative of what's possible, that is what really has shifted things for me, for my relating, the way I relate to my children, my beloved, my business partners, my clients, you know, and just my, my general family and community. It has shifted from this expectation of, hey, I need you to complete me. I need you to feel worthy too. I'm so worthy and full in myself. And I want to show you that and I want that to inspire within you your own worthiness and deservingness. And what that has done for me and the people around me has just been incredibly powerful. And that's 100% what I stand for. That's beautiful, man. Um, it actually relates directly to um, something that I heard this morning that really inspired me. And by the way, this is, this is exactly how, how I look at relationships. It's just like, I think that as a culture, we just... Like you said, there is this escalator. We have this like paradigm of like how things should work, what age you should get married, how how these things work. You meet someone, you go, you kiss, you go on a date, you give a drink, you start escalating touch, you get to their pants. And then we are kind of like um, starting some kind of a relationship, um, hoping for the best, you know, like there is no expectation setting what it is that i want who am i inside this relationship what, what do i desire in life like what what are my set of expectations what do i actually um want and we just stumble upon relationships and you know hope that everything will work out but in reality we are such different human beings like all of us have their our own um, narrative our own history our own experience our own set of expectations, it's just ridiculous to expect that someone else will fulfill anything regarding of what I want and what I need. And I think this is where all of the suffering in relationship pretty much comes from when you think about it. It's like, you know, when people break uh, with each other and someone says like, yeah, this relationship is not working for me anymore. What does it mean? And how ridiculous it is. What, is it, what does it mean not working for me? 
It means like you as another entity is not fulfilling the desires of myself based on my own narrative and my own history and you're not touching me and it's not working for me. Why would it work yeah. for you? Why, how, how can it possibly work for you? You know, like, um, and yeah, so I, lo- I love that and I love that perspective and yeah. How do, how do you see this like conscious relating, which I, I love that, um, I love that description in general, but it's kind of, it's can sound a little bit um, like far out for many people. And I want to put it to the ground a little bit for our listeners that are wondering how does it actually, okay, nice, nice of you to get to this like amazing spiritual um, space and look at relating is conscious relating. And this person is not fulfilling me. Amazing. Great. Wonderful. How does it actually look like, um, I mean, obviously we cannot go into your whole uh, spiel about it, but maybe like a few deeper um, explanations of what conscious relating actually looks like in, in reality, in communication with your partner in the day-to-day life. How does it look differently than other styles of communication and relating? Yeah, totally. And I think that's a great question. So first and foremost, what I would say with conscious relating, especially in terms of with my beloved being married, we did not commit to forever. Okay, that's the first thing. So when when people get married, they say, oh, I found my one and now I'm gonna claim you so that I have you forever. That is like, you know, if you took out like the love, that's like a stalker, right? That's like, you need to show though everyone that you are mine forever. Like there's this aspect of, clinginess and belongingness that that is the first thing that I shift so this idea of making a commitment to each other is is different than committing for forever so the idea of vows that we hold in our minds from society is that you and I are committing to forever rain or shine la 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 and instead conscious relating is saying hey we're committing to each other so long as we are supporting each other in being our highest selves right? That we're challenging each other, we're supporting each other, where we have the capacity and compassion for each other to, to help uplift this person on their individual journey and not just say, I claim you as mine. So I think that's one part. Another part is this um, old paradigm idea of wearing a ring. Wearing a ring to me, and again, to people, this means different things, and it's okay if it means something different for you. But if it only means that to you because of what you've been told, question it. If you come back to that same meaning, beautiful. I had the meaning that a ring means that you're mine, that I get down on one knee, I put a ring on, and that is what marriage means. And when I questioned that, for me personally, a ring felt very much like a color. It was saying, hey, human being, hey, sovereign, beautiful human being, who, have, who have, we have decided to spend our lives together in committed relationship and create family. I want you to wear this as a symbol of my ownership of you out in public all the time. And it just didn't resonate with me. That's not what I want relating to be. I don't need to have my insecurities projected into a ring that is a physical thing that somebody else wears so that I know they're mine, okay? Because they are their own person and we are choosing relating to each other. Absolutely. So instead, what was that? That's no, absolutely and totally, totally yeah. So when we got married, instead of putting uh, rings on each other, we actually had crowns made. 
and we exalted each other as the individual sovereign kings and queens that we are and honored that king and queen in each other as a part of our ceremony with our entire community viewing that. And our commitment was to see each other and to uphold each other and support each other through all the tough times so that we can each be at our highest selves. And if that is not working one day, we have to be okay with our relationship adapting. So that is another aspect of conscious relating is that there is this idea, old school paradigm idea that we date, we see if we're gonna be each other's you know, better half, you, know, you complete me bullshit. And then we decide if we wanna do that. If not, we break up, break up. I have great relationships with all of my exes. I don't understand how people don't talk to their exes. Like that to me never made sense. And then as I matured and saw more of what's going on, I realized it's just because like, I don't believe in breakups. And, and really what conscious relating means is that if you come to a point where you're seeing that something is not working, which has happened to me many, many times, right? For a variety of reasons, geography, life goals, sexual preferences. I mean, all of those things at some point, if it's not, you know, um, supporting each person or somebody's really giving up on something to support the others or they've shifted to new new um, levels where they're going in different directions at that point what about the idea of a conscious uncoupling of adapting that relationship now now today i can use the words adapting our relationship but in the past i was just like listen i want to be friends i still love and care about you i just don't think we should be dating and i don't think we should be sexual right and so that is another aspect of conscious relating is that when it, when it feels like, okay, this is coming to an end, it feels like something has shifted, that you can consciously uncouple and adapt your relationship to something else. The final thing I'll say that's really unique, uh, but, and, and I think should be used in all relationships, not, and again, conscious relating is in like a specific thing. You can use aspects of conscious relating in everything that you do. And you can Google this and find out lots of information. Um, but the other thing is that we use a lot of I statements, right? So if I say, you did this and you make me feel blank, then what I'm doing is I'm giving away all of my power to the other person and saying, your actions are impacting me so deeply that I can't, I can't X, Y, Z. And so the idea here is that I say I, right? So it could be like, when you blank, I feel this. Or another big thing that I love doing is sharing stories. I hold a lot of stories. My partner will do something completely innocuous, but because of my own insecurities, my own programming, my own way that I was raised, it may trigger a story in me. And now I'm viewing what's happening with a completely different perspective with like a lack of trust, a lack of safety, you know, defensiveness. And when I feel that rising, we just speak into that. And I just literally did it like, like two hours ago. I just hey, said, you know, hey, we had this afternoon kind of love, love making date. Um, and I came in a little bit late. And then when I came in, I thought she'd have the space set to, to get started. But then she was still on her phone finishing an email. And I, I came in, I said, you know what? The story that's coming up for me is that you don't really want to be intimate right now. And if you did, then you would have done X, Y, and Z. And we got to talk about that. And that's what it means is to, to relate consciously just means to question everything that you know about relationships and to see if that resonates for you or if you come to a new conclusion. 
and bringing everything else into the light, not hiding, not saying I'm fine, like you see on TV, but saying, I'm not fine. This is what's happening for me. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. And that I think is what makes conscious relating really unique and different, but it, any aspect of that, any of those knobs, if you turn that on in your relationship, whatever you think of it as, whether it's long-term monogamy, whether it's marriage, whether it's dating, each of those can support any relationship. When you turn them all on together, to me, that's fully related. Fuck yeah, man. I, uh, I absolutely agree with every piece of, of knowledge here. And it's, um, yeah, I feel that it's truly transformative and life-changing once you start questioning everything. And I think like listening to uh, what you just said about conscious relating, there is the overall premise, which is question everything. Don't take things for granted, what you saw on TV, what you saw at home, your parents, or what people tell you we should do. And then there was the aspect of the overall outlook on relating, which is very directly attached to how you see life in general. You know, like you are not we walk through life trying to cling to what we want and desire from life and get away from what we don't want and don't desire. When we experience a good moment, we are like, I want this moment to stay forever. And we experience something terrible or like uncomfortable, we want to avoid it. And then by avoiding it, we create that pattern in our head that next time that something that reminds us this moment or we meet a person that reminds us this person, we re-experience that, that uh, uh, pain or discomfort and we walk through life just trying to avoid pain and get more of that pleasure. And mm-hmm. uh, I think like maybe the, I would say the number one lesson of spirituality, like the first thing that you want to explore is like, how do you walk through life without trying to impose your will constantly on, on reality and trying to make those things happen? And like, that translates to relating is like you can walk through relationships without that paradigm of culture of like oh this is what it should be this person should complete me i want to feel so and so from that person and instead just walk through it as like surrendering to the process like we are married right now like you are married to your wife because there is no other option because this is what life brought us together because we are helping each other challenging each other fulfilling each other higher self and that's what should happen right now And the moment something interrupting that process, either you are not helping each other grow anymore, geography, whatever, sexual preferences, then it's time to let go. And you can feel the pain and you can feel that the emotions that come up, but you can let go. You can let go without the stress, without the suffering, with, you know, just experience it and go on. And then there is the other part we should talk about, which is more taking it, breaking it down to communication on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's huge. We can talk about it forever because. <laughs> yes, there's so much to unlearn and relearn about communication. People just don't talk, you know, they, they shove everything inside and like, yeah. just don't talk about anything. Alone. You know, women think they need to not be emotional. And what happens is that each men and women have both been taught this. The men are like, you should do it on your own and be strong. Women are taught, don't be so emotional. And because we're each taught this, when we interact with the opposite sex or even with the same sex, right? Then each of those stories are reflected and reinforced because each of us learn them. And then they're reinforced and we're like, oh shit, I guess that's really what I need to be doing. And then we adopt that as truth. And I am so lucky because the person who I married is one of the top relationship coaches on the planet. And 
I remember interacting with her. And this is, you know, in my post this morning, but she would teach me these communication tools. And let me just tell everyone who's listening. If you're having these issues, there is a tool, there is a method, there is a new way of communicating that you have not yet discovered. It is available to you. As soon as you use it, your words will open up access to deeper levels of relating. And I remember when she taught this to me, I was like, babe, who the heck talks like this? This is so dumb. And then it worked. Every time over and over and over, it worked. And then I started thinking, oh my God, why doesn't everyone talk like this? You're talking right? about nonviolent and communication? What was that? Nonviolent communication style of relating? Yeah, nonviolent communication um, it was, it was always something we both had already used, but the, a big game changer for us was like a Mago dialogue. Mago, yeah. yeah. So using Mago dialogue was just kind of more active listening, you know, and, and choosing words very carefully, choosing to respond versus... Um, um, justify, right? So if something came up that we would respond to that versus justify that. Um, and so that just started opening things using I statements instead of you statements, right? And realizing even what some of these mean that at the end of the day, you, I can be responsible to you and I cannot be responsible for you. And in the same way, you can be responsible to me, but you cannot be responsible for me. So if I say, well, I can't, you know, well, I remember one thing I used to say is like, ah, oh, I, I can't feel you. I can't feel you. When you do that, I just can't feel your heart. And the root of that is I can't feel. That means it's my responsibility. I need to figure out what's going on so that I can feel no matter what you do, that I can still feel. And not say that you're doing something wrong. Therefore, I cannot feel. Yeah. I'm the one who cannot. I can take responsibility for myself and therefore I can feel, you know? So, and, and I, I, what I want to also say is that when you begin to do this, when you begin to question everything that's in our life, if it resonates. And if you come to a different conclusion or if you come to the same one, okay? If you do come to a different conclusion, you will begin to find people all around the world who agree with you. Whether you're into Tantra, whether you're into kink, whether you're into uh, you know, homosexuality, whether you're into polyamory, whether you're into monogamy, whether you're into whatever it is, you're going to find there are entire communities around the planet that absolutely love it. Everyone in my community that, that really that I communicate with, they all know NBC because we share it with each other, right? Like nonviolent communication, it's like a core part of communicating. Um, and then it kind of grows that way. So it might feel lonely, it might feel rebellious to shift out of that narrative. But once you allow yourself what's possible, you will be connected to others who see it the same way. And you will find that community that exactly supports you and loves you through that journey to go even deeper. You know, I love uh, recognizing my own journey with communicating and relating in your story because as men, you know, we grow up and a lot of men think like that, like you said, they need to be strong. They need to be independent, know everything for themselves. When in reality, everything good that I fucking know about life comes from women in my life. No doubt, like hands down. And I learned Imago style of relating from a lover a few years back. She was way older and way wiser than me. And I was so fortunate to spend time with her. And in the beginning, I was thinking the same. What the fuck? Who, who speak like that? This is so sh- weird. And um, 
And then I started practicing it and I was like, fuck, this is big. This is huge. And I, since then, I, I never express myself anymore in other ways. Like it's just, so maybe, and I also teach it in, in my courses, both for men and for women, because I feel this is crucial for everything, for satisfaction, for meaning, meaningful relationships, for, you know, building anything with other people in business as well. Like just learning to express yourself and open doors with your words in a way that is not projecting and blaming in a way that is mature and beautiful and ecstatic. And this is really, really life-changing. So maybe for the listeners yeah. that are curious, you want to ex maybe explain uh, like quickly what is Imago? Yeah, absolutely. So, and let me just say, it's not just sex and business. It's parenting. It's, it's literally everything, right? If your friend is having a, a meltdown and they call you for support, this is the type of support that you can provide. So pretty much Imago Dialogue, um, and, and there's lots of variations of this. I'll just kind of teach a very basic one, and then you can uh, research this and find out more. There's so many resources out there. But ultimately, um, it comes in, so it, say you're having a dialogue and, and something is heated, something comes up, okay? So you, you all, you, you say something to me. And the first step is that I'm just actively listening, yeah? So instead of being like, you know, like usually what we do, the usual way is that you might say something like, you know, earlier when you did this a lot, and I'd be like, well, actually, I didn't do that. What I did was this, and I want to justify and I want to explain. So I don't do that. I just listen and I, and I completely hear what, what you all have to say. And then I'll say, thank you. Is there anything? So I'll let him check in with himself and say, okay, is there more that I want to say? Well, yeah, you know, the other thing is the other day you did that thing, and that's still on my heart, and I'm still feeling upset about that. Okay. I hear you. Is there anything else? Yeah, I just, you know, I just really love you and I want to connect with you. And I just feel like it's so hard and I just don't know if this is the relationship I want to be in. Okay, I hear you. You feel complete. Yeah, I feel complete. So then, so you really let everything come out and you just hold that. Okay, man, woman, doesn't matter. You can hold that. And then you reflected back. So then you say, okay, so what I heard you say was, you know, you were upset about this thing today. You're also upset about the other thing from the other day. And you're feeling really frustrated that it's so hard for us to be in connection. Right? Okay. Boom. Is there anything that I missed? Then, so I, I clarify. So this is literally just like active listening. Okay. Like 101. And then the magic words come through. And the magic words are very simply this. Wow. Thank you for sharing all that. If I was you... I would feel the same way too. It's the empathy. It's the allowing. You That may not make sense to you, right? Like as a man relating to a woman, there are so many things that I don't really understand about the way she views the world, but that doesn't matter. Can I have the empathy to understand and allow her to have her experience? And as soon as those words come out, it literally dissipates everything especially as a man who wants to be like, oh, well, you can do this. You can, you should have done that. And we want to fix that. Right? right. So we shift out of that. We actually allow everything to be heard. We hold the space and we reflect back to make sure they feel heard. Then we empathize with them and say, I feel that way. If I was you too, I'm sorry that happened, you know, et cetera. Once that is set, that's my response. So instead of justifying, that's my response. I respond in that way every time. Once I make the response, then I shift to resolve. So then I'll say, would you like to hear my perspective? 
And I check in, I honestly check in and get consent. Do you have the spaciousness to hear where I am right now? And sometimes that may not be, that may not be true for my beloved. And so then I have to say, okay, let's set up some time later today or tomorrow. She might say, I'm feeling so full from all this. I need to go sleep on this. Can we, can we continue tomorrow? And then, then we negotiate like what that means. But more, more often than not, she's so, um, you know, like the steam has been let out. It's all been dissipated. So now she's at a place where she goes, yes, I feel heard. Thank you. Can, I, I'm happy to hear you now. And once my response to her is to, to let her feel heard and seen, which is what everybody wants, no matter who you are, everybody at the heart of it wants to be heard and seen in relating in sex and business, whatever it is. Once I create that for her, then she can create that for me. And when she has the tools, then I can speak. And what it does is it doesn't escalate. It de-escalates the, the emotional buildup so we can actually hear each other heart to heart. And once we do that, then we can come back into connection. And literally now, after years of doing this, we can have, you know, I joked earlier on my post that you saw, you know, at first I was like, fuck, you know, I married this person who triggers all my shit. And then after learning that we can navigate it, I was like, oh my God, awesome universe. Thank you so much. I've married the person who triggers all my shit. Because right. then I can have, I can work through it. I can heal and can still come back into connection. And so the point being that it's all about coming back into connection. And this works with children as well. I just wanna say that if you're a parent, the old paradigm of parenting was discipline. How well do you listen to what needs to get done and do it? And if aunties and uncles came over, the more I was disciplined and listened to my parents, the more compliments they got and I got. But in today's day and age, that's not the paramount of of parenting, it's connection. So how can you create connection? How can you have your child feel loved and seen? How can you model when you communicate with your partner that they feel loved and seen? How do you make requests for what you need? And so all of this is kind of the, the fun, more foundational levels of what Imago can do. But if you just do this, you will see the steam just go right out of it, that, that kind of melting into the moment, melting into each other, feeling each other's hearts again, so that the connection can be found. Beautiful. I couldn't explain it better. And uh, yeah, anyone that is listening, like if you take one thing from today, take this. This will absolutely change every facet of your life on such an incredible level that is just beyond belief. Um, and it's so simple. It's just like, instead of just talking to each other at each other, we listen. That's yeah. it. That's it. When yeah. someone comes at you with a conflict, with something that, that is coming up, no, no one is really blaming you. Even if they say it in an unconscious way that is kind of like blaming what you did, you, you, you doing this to me, still you can listen to that. You know, like, I think it's important because you mentioned like sometimes it can get lonely, you know, not always you meet everyone that understand the magu and sometimes you need to explain it. And sometimes someone just come at you at work family, kids, friends come at you with, with blame, come at you with, with projection. The best yeah. thing you can do is listen actively. It's like, okay, so, so you're saying that, da, 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 da. did I hear it correctly? Is there anything else? This is like, like when someone come at you with anger, with blame, with something, and you, and you reply in this way and you listen actively instead of trying to justify it, this is completely dissolving 
every shred of, of conflict that is possible between you because the other person is like, oh, okay. He's actually do loving me, mm-hmm. you know, because it's as my, this, this uh, woman that I mentioned that teach, teach me that she said like in, in the essence of every conflict, there is another person basically saying, I miss your closeness. Yeah. Right now, I don't, I'm not feeling loved. That's it. That's, that's in everything, you know, like I'm not feeling that you hear me. I'm not feeling heard. I'm not feeling loved. I miss our closeness. And uh, throwing a little, you know, just like that inner kid inside is throwing a tantrum. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's two more things I'll add. Um, uh, one of them is that you talked a little bit about blame, right? People come at you with blame. Just, I want everyone who's watching to know, okay, that, and that's going to just like super relationship coaching, but I just want to share this is coming through. But whenever there is an argument, which there will always be conflict, it is not about having 100% of the blame and then, you know, um, spreading that between the two parties. That's not the point. The point is that there's 200% of responsibility and each person needs to, needs to take 100% responsibility for their own peace for there to be peace. Yeah. So yep. it's not a blame game. If, you, if, you, if you're there trying to, trying to, you know, spread out this hundred percent blame of, well, you can take, no, I can take hundred percent responsibility for my piece. You take hundred percent responsibility for your piece. And then we come back into peace. And then the other thing that I was going to say, what was that? Um, oh, the other thing that I just want to say is if people are thinking, okay, well, I need to defend myself. I'm not going to be a walking man. I'm not going to listen every time. Blah, blah, blah. Let me just tell you something. This is actually empowering you. Okay. I just actually had a coaching call with, with one of my dads this morning. We talked about this. This is actually empowering you. This is empowering you to keep, take your power back and to not let the other person know that it can scream and yell at you and, and shift you. Right. And what you really want at the end of the day is love, connection, resolution. So which option is going to get you what you want? If you get defensive, if you start to justify the way that you always do, and you go in the same fight, the same pattern, does that get you what you want? Because very likely it's not. What will get you what you want is responding and then resolving, responding with a Mago dialogue and then resolving the conflict to get to where you want to be. And what we all want, no matter how crazy or emotional or hormonal or whatever term you want to use, what we all want at the end of the day is love. And what I try to be in the world is the fullest expression of love that I can be. I want to hold and receive as much love as possible through my own personal growth and healing so that then I can reflect that level of love to others. And this is the path to doing that. Yes, absolutely. Yes, man. I mean, Yeah, it's like wh- what it is that you actually want from from life. Do you want to be right all the time, or do you want to have harmony and peace in mm-hmm. your life? And uh, if you want peace and you want harmony, that's the way. You know, it's challenging what you think and what you see in society. Learning communication styles that are not about projection and blame, but taking hundred percent of the responsibility and relate with other people consciously. That's how you create a life of peace and serenity and, and, and yeah, surrender and beauty. Man, mm-hmm. it was such a, such, a, such a pleasure to have you um, on the podcast. I feel that there was some incredible knowledge bombs that you threw here today on the listeners. And before we leave, 
if people want to contact you, work with you, um, engage with you in any way, follow you everywhere, um, buy your books, um, please take the stage and tell them how and where they can uh, reach out. Absolutely. Yeah. So the best place to follow me is on Instagram at Paragons of Possibility. Um, and from there, you'll find all the rest of my links and, and all the rest of my connections. Um, I'll probably be tagged in this on Facebook as well. So if you want to um, connect with me on there, you're welcome to as well. Happy to be connected, happy to chat more. And uh, yeah, I think this is what the world needs more of. So thank you for having me here. Thanks for having this dialogue and everyone who's watching. Thank you for tuning in. Absolutely, my man. Pleasure is all mine.